Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after KU got its second Big 12 win of the season. This time a 77-68 victory over TCU inside Allen Fieldhouse. In this game, despite a really close start and a pretty close finish, throughout the middle of the game, KU really did have control and it really wasn't ever in doubt. KU took a lead early in the first half and never relinquished a lead for the remainder of the game. KU's lead also went up into double digits for the majority of the game, but TCU did make it a one-possession game down the stretch. But thanks to a season-high points from Diedrich Lawson, KU was able to squeeze out the win and move to 2-1 and one in the Big 12. So starting with probably the most fun storyline of the game, Ochai Abaji made his KU debut after Bill Self decided to pull his redshirt, and I should say that Abaji's family and Bill Self came together and decided to pull the redshirt. So this stems from Yudoka Azabuke being done for the remainder of the season with a right-hand injury. He sustained the injury before the Iowa State game, and according to Bill Self, the injury is a carbon copy of what happened to Azabuke his freshman season, where he tore a ligament in his left hand. So now for the remainder of the season, you can expect KU to use that four-guard small ball lineup for a lot of the minutes, as they did tonight. So starting off with Ochai's performance, I was really, really impressed with how he played. I thought that maybe he'd have a little bit of jitters early on, but credit to Bill Self for getting him a look early on. In his first action as a Jayhawk, he got a he caught a lob and threw it down and got Allen Fieldhouse standing on its feet. And I really thought after that, he really settled into the game. I think the biggest takeaway for me was honestly just that, how comfortable he looked and how he honestly, to me, and I wrote it in the game story after, he didn't look like a freshman at all. He looked like a sophomore, like he'd been at KU for a year, two years. He really did look like an experienced player. And in his debut, he played 25 minutes, which I, I honestly thought was a lot more than he was going to play. I saw that a lot of people had different polls, polling of you know how many minutes is he going to get. And I thought he was going to probably end up around probably the 10-minute mark for his debut, kind of ease him in, maybe get some minutes towards the end of the game if it turned out to be a blowout. But no, he came in, made a really big impact, especially in the first half, and featured for KU down the stretch. I was really impressed with how active he was, especially on the defensive end. He got two steals, one of which he turned into a fast break and had a really nice dump off to Marcus Garrett. He also used his athleticism to somehow block a shot. I don't remember who was driving on him, but they got into his body, and he still was able to jump up and get some bounce, and was able to block the shot with one hand, and what and didn't foul at all. I would say also that in that transition play to Garrett, that's something that's been kind of frustrating this season, has been KU in transition at times. I mean, you saw it against Iowa State. There was an opportunity where KU had a four-on-one, arguably maybe even a five-on-one, and they didn't score. So I thought that that was impressive for him to show the calmness to know that he can just dump it off to Garrett, who would go in for the layup. I would say also that he did slide his feet really well, and if KU is going to continue to use this four-guard lineup, his ability on the defensive end is going to be really, really important because teams could go after him 
you think, especially in away games, go after him because he is just a freshman. And if he is to play, you know, if you think KU's biggest road game that I have in the back of my head is the West Virginia game, even though KU does go to Baylor this weekend, and I'll break down that matchup towards the end of the pod. But I do wonder going forward if in away games, if he maybe plays a little bit less than when he does at home where he feels a lot more comfortable. In his 25 minutes, Abaji chipped in with seven points. Most of those came off of lobs and as a slasher. He did miss two shots, but did make one three. And at that point, he was three for three from the field with the seven points. And then he went on and missed two shots later on in the game. He also grabbed four rebounds and also had, again, that assist to Marcus Garrett. So if I'm giving him a grade, you know, I'd give him an A plus, honestly, for his debut. I mean, if you look at just the difference between he and David McCormick in the way that they look on the floor, even though they're both freshmen and they are both incredibly athletically talented, it's just night and day a difference in just how comfortable Abaji looks on the floor compared to McCormick, who only got one minute on the floor today. So moving on to definitely my player of the game, as much as I loved how Abaji played, there's no denying it. Diedrich Lawson was on fire again tonight. In the first half, he didn't do as much on the offensive end. He was still relied upon, as always, to get points. I think he had either 13 or 15 points in the first half, but he ended up finishing with the season-high 31 points. And to start the game, I thought it was really big. You know, he got to the free throw line and then missed his the back end of the free throws. KU got the offensive rebound shot it out to Devon Dotson on the left wing, who then found Diedrich Lawson at the top of the key, who made a three. And I had to look at the game logs, but I didn't even realize that it was Lawson's first three since the Arizona State game way back on December 22nd. It is kind of crazy to think that Lawson has shot, a, I think, of probably around two a game since then, and he still hasn't been able to make them fall. But tonight, he was able to make two fall, which is really important going forward for KU. He went 2 of 4 from behind the arc. And especially if KU is going to continue to use his four-guard lineup, I think it's really important that he does make those three-point shots because it's going to continue to space the floor. And I thought it's also interesting that Lawson didn't record an assist tonight, even though I felt like his movement and his spacing and his ability to kind of make those outside shots really did act as an assist for KU in itself. In the first half, KU had a lot more slashing from its guards. Quentin Grimes had a couple shots at the rim. Marcus Garrett had some shots at the rim. I really did think that it was really important that Lawson played outside of the post and maybe not use as many post-ups early in the game, maybe get some other guys going, and you kind of saw that. He played out of the high post a little bit more, and it allowed the other guards to slash in behind him. And again, if KU's going to continue to use the four-guard lineup with Lawson at the five, I think it's really important that they do space out the floor so that there's more space for the guards to cut in behind. Because especially if Quentin Grimes and Marcus Garrett and Devon Dotson aren't going to shoot the ball from three, you know, as well as you would hope, you really do need to get them easier opportunities going to the rim. So then moving on to Lawson inside the paint. In the second half, I really thought that he just turned it on. You know, he started busting out different post moves. He had a really nice spin move into the middle of the lane. I thought that also, you know, he was able just to bully the TCU defenders that would come in to guard him. I thought it was honestly, you know, Doke-esque the way that he was able to fight through two, even three at times, other Horned Frogs come in to guard him. 
I was really impressed with the strength that he showed going up to the rim. And he was able to get to the free throw line 13 times, which was a season high for him. The other high that he had was 12 earlier in the year. But tonight, he went 9 for 13 from the free throw line, which I think is also really big going forward is to get those points at the free throw line. I'd also say additionally, if he's going to continue to just you know be as dominant as he can be, I really do think he you could get to the point this season if he does continue to post up these 25 and 12, 27 and 13 sort of games, I do think that he should be in the conversation for that national player of the year. As good as Duke's Zion Williamson has been this year and as much as he is fun to watch and as much as he can end up on all the highlights he can, Diedrich Lawson is going to be the most important player for Kansas going forward for the rest of the season. I would also say this with Lawson on the defensive end, he didn't record a block at the five, but he did record a team high three steals, which I thought was really interesting. That's not something that he's done this year. And I think that going forward, if he's not necessarily going to block shots, maybe being the guy that's going to pick off passing lanes that are going to, when teams try to go into the post, that could be pretty important for KU to steal some extra possessions. So moving on to maybe two players that I thought had a little more disappointing games. KU starting backcourt of Devon Dotson and Quentin Grimes combined for 10 points on 2 of 11 shooting. 2 of 11 shooting. And Devon Dotson didn't even make a, a shot from the floor tonight. I am a little bit concerned about Dotson going forward just purely, and it's not really even a concern. It's more of just, you know, put a flag in it because going forward, I feel like Dotson has become a little bit more rash going to the rim. I think that he knows now that he can get there whenever he wants, but I think that at times he's throwing up some wild shots off the backboard that he could, you know, not necessarily drive and kick like he did at the beginning of the season, but just be more controlled and more calm going into the rim. Dotson did chip in with, you know, three assists. He did get his five points from the free throw line, which is important. But I do think that going forward, he's got to be a little bit more calm when he's going to the rim so he's not chucking up shots off the backboard. And then moving to Grimes, I thought that he had a really aggressive start to the game, but he did struggle with some fouls more in the second half. I believe he had one in the first half and then picked up two quickly to start off the second half, which then made him sit for the majority of it. And then Self went to Abaji as the first person off the bench in the second half. And Abaji continued to play well, so there was no reason to put Grimes back in the game. And that's probably why you saw Abaji in the crunch time instead of Grimes. And also, Dotson picked up two fouls in the first half. And I Scott pointed this out on his Twitter that Dotson has picked up, I think, two fouls really frequently in the first half. And it can, at times, throw off his rhythm and KU's offensive rhythm as a whole. I think that going forward, both Dotson and Grimes need to be a little more, not timid, because they both need to be aggressive on the defensive end to get more steals, but just being more careful about fouling guys, especially when they're going towards the rim. So moving on to someone who I thought was really more disappointing for me, even though he did get his numbers, I thought LeGerald Vick, you know, despite his four assists, which were a team high, I thought, again, the shot selection was questionable. He had six turnovers, and I just thought that in general, it feels like he's kind of at the point now where he's trying to force things, which you, which as a KU fan should be a little bit more concerning because Vick should, is more of a natural in-the-flow-of-things-I-feel-like player especially when it comes to his three-point shooting. He's one of those guys, you know, they pointed out on the broadcast, and I mean, you could probably see it yourself. He's one of those guys, when he's shooting the ball, 
you're like, no, no, no. And then when it goes in, you just got to say yes. And that's the thing going forward, I feel like, is if KU's going to continue to not shooting the ball well from three, you think LeGerald Vick needs to start looking for more efficient three-point looks and maybe taking less of those really tough, contested three-point shots. You know, Vick did finish with 12 points, 5 of 10 shooting, but again, 2 of 7 from 3. And I think that that's interesting with his point, the way that split up. He went 3 for 3 inside the arc. And I think that if he continues to slash to the rim, that's an area of his game I think that could become really important because he is so athletic and he can burst by guys. I think that you could see him maybe go to the rim more and try and get easier looks there and then start, you know, go inside out instead of trying to be outside in where a shot's not working from outside, then he has to work inside. Maybe instead it's, you know, you're getting a couple easy layups, see the ball go in, and then start shooting more from outside. I would also say on the defensive end, if KU is going to continue to play the small ball lineup, I think LeGerald's rebounding is going to be even more important. He had four rebounds in the first half, but didn't record one in the second half. And I think that when KU does go against some of these bigger teams that have bigger stretch fours and bigger threes, I think Vic on the defensive end and defensive rebounding is going to become even more important. I'd also like to say that KJ Lawson did have a really nice contribution in the first half. He came in, his first, the first thing he did was grab an offensive rebound and put it back up, and he got the foul for and one, and then he can, you know, converted the free throw. I think it's also important for Lawson to continue, KJ Lawson that is, if he's going to be in there to be solid on the defensive end because that's the thing that we've seen sometimes this season is when he gets in, he'll make a mistake maybe on offense and not always on offense, but sometimes you know, then on the defensive end, you'll see him maybe get attacked and he'll get blown by just on the dribble, which I think especially going forward, again, with KU playing the small ball lineup, there's going to be a little bit more of rotation at the four and depending on the matchup, I think KJ Lawson could be an important piece. With Charlie Moore then, moving on to his performance, he only featured in the first half, featured for four minutes, and took three shots and went 0 for 3. One of them was from deep. And I think that one three-point shot from deep was really interesting. He wasn't on the ball. He was two passes away, if I remember correctly. And Ochai made a great cut to take his man and then Moore's man with him, which then left Moore wide open, but he just couldn't make the shot. I think that was maybe one of the things, just to really quickly go back to Abaji, I thought that his off-ball movement was really, really good. I think that just his basketball IQ going forward is, I think, going to be important, especially if you know if he's not as comfortable with the plays that maybe they're going to call. If he can, you know, just by reading the floor, can make plays and make decisions, I think that that could be really, really important. So then back to more. I don't know what he's shooting now from three. I think it's got to be under 30%. I've been disappointed with him this season. I personally was one of the people that felt like he was going to be, you know, a, a 15 to 20 minute a game guy off the bench, averaging 12 points, 10 points with two, three threes a game. And I just think that he's gotten a little bit lost in the shuffle with the offense, especially because KU as a whole has just not shot the three ball well. They went five to 21 again tonight. 23.8%. And I think, again, going forward, you've got to try and get easier buckets. And I think KU did a really good job of doing that tonight. I think it's also really interesting that KU, even though they were in that small ball lineup, got 11 offensive rebounds. And all, off those offensive rebounds, they got 13 second chance points. 
That was something that they did do well against Iowa State. One of the only things they did well against Iowa State was crashing the offensive glass and getting those extra possessions. And I thought that Marcus Garrett, maybe not the play of the game, but I thought maybe one of the most important plays that he had was that offensive rebound that he got You know, at about, I think it was minute 10 seconds left. He got the offensive board, put it right back up and in, and that really did secure the win for KU. I think, again, Marcus Garrett continues to do the little things for KU. He's that, I'd be willing to call him the glue guy for KU because he does so much of the little things. Tonight, you saw him go up against Robinson for TCU. He comes in averaging you know, 13 and 3, I believe. He did get to 12 and 4, but it wasn't an easy 12 of 4. He took 12 shots to get 12 points and then also had four fouls. So I think that going forward, it can... If Garrett is going to continue to start at the four, which may not be the case, you know, depending on the matchup, you know, self said that depending on the matchup, KU could start different guys at the four. I think that regardless, Marcus Garrett is going to continue, especially on the defensive end, and passing the ball is going to be a really important piece. So, looking forward to KU's next game, they travel to Baylor this Saturday. And after the game, Bill Self said to expect a little bit more of a too-big look against Baylor and their zone. This is really going to be another road test for KU. It's important to remember KU's 0-2 on true road games this season. And against a Baylor zone, the last time they saw zone was against Eastern, Eastern Michigan. And David McCormack did see a little bit more time. I believe he got 17 minutes. I think that he could be a guy that he and Mitch Lightfoot especially on Saturday are going to be really important pieces for KU. Because if KU is going to go with that too big look, there's the only two bigs you have left. And I think if Lawson's going to play that high post role where he's you know responsible for the you know high post and picking out the passes to move the ball within the zone, I think you could maybe see a little bit more assists from Diedrich. Maybe you're not going to see 31 points, I don't think, from Diedrich on next Saturday, but maybe you're going to see another 20-10 and maybe you get three assists out of him. But I think that Mitch Lightfoot and David McCormack are two guys to watch next Saturday. Because I think that if, especially going against the big zone of Baylor, those are going to be the guys to watch. With all that said, we will talk to you after the Baylor game.